you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Red Lewis, and this is NFL Inside Report. On today's episode, James Palmer joins us as we take a look at the Chiefs' domination of the Las Vegas Raiders, both on Sunday and this season, and how that sets the stage for the Chiefs trying to maintain their position of one of the AFC's top contenders as we get down the stretch of this regular season, as well as setting the table for an absolute AFC West showdown on Thursday Night Football to kick off Week 15. While we also look back on the life and the legacy of Demarius Thomas, who left us all too early at the age of 33 this week, James Palmer with a terrific piece out on NFL.com detailing his interactions with DT and the impact he had both on James personally and on the Denver Broncos organization. But James, let's begin with that game at Arrowhead, which began with a bit of drama thanks to the Raiders and Unique Ngakwe, which you detailed for us pregame. How did all of that unfold with the Raiders ending up on the Chiefs logo at midfield? Yeah, uh, we always use the term that didn't age well, Brett. Uh, That didn't age well. So I'm standing uh, at my live shot location where I have one more live shot to do for game day morning and I'm sitting there and I, and I have this whole thing planned out where I'm going to talk about this leader and we can talk about it actually because I didn't get to say this on oh, television uh, about Mahomes' leadership during the struggles of this offense and kind of what he's done uh, in his growth as a quarterback and I'm going to do this nice little mini thing and then I'm looking behind me and, and every opposing team at Arrowhead is right behind me and they're in their rows of stretching or however yeah. they go about their pregame warm and then they get right on the 25 and they're doing it and then Ngakwe like breaks free and I'm kind of like looking over my shoulder at my mic in my hand and I'm like What's are they going on no they're no they're not yeah. like and I like I like rip into my coat to pull out my phone like to record this immediately and they're just running right to the logo. And, like, some guys were, like, a little hesitant. And just it like did jogging. feel like, that way. It did. It, some guys were, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of, like, jogging out there. And then other guys were, like, like, like really into yeah. it. Uh, and then the booze just started just 
circling the stadium because I did the Cowboys game uh, a couple weeks prior, and there were so many Cowboys fans at Arrowhead. There were not a lot of Raiders fans at this yeah. game. There were some, but not a lot. And it just rains booze on them. And Carr is the first one just to sprint out of the huddle into the locker room in the same tunnel that obviously the Chiefs use too. One thing I will say is um, I always have my teammates back. And, uh, you know, I will forever have their back. And if that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. And um, that's what I'll say. When they dip off and I'm like, I don't think this age, well, I'm changing my, my report. And so this is what I said uh, as my last report from, from Arrowhead is, guys, might want to take a look here because uh, this is a big deal. And they used what happened last year. I talked to Tyron Matthew after the game. The whole bus the situation last year at Arrowhead. Oh, yeah. That was talked about at length throughout the entire week. And then that tunnel that I'm saying that, you know, Derek Carr and everybody yeah. runs into, that's the same tunnel that the Chiefs come out of pregame. In that tunnel, before they were introduced, Patrick Mahomes was screaming about that bus situation last year, how they disrespected us, how they did this, firing up the Chiefs before they came out for their, you know, the actual one-at-a-time introductions. You definitely don't want people coming into your stadium and trying to like disrespect uh things that that you've kind of built um and so for us um just gave us a little bit more a little bit more motivation to go out there and and win against a really good football team that we have a rivalry against that usually is a a tough a tough football game so uh, i think guys were ready to play today and i think it showed on the field they did not forget what happened last year and then you put this on top of it (laughs) like one play and it was over so a three-safety nickel to start the game and running left. Balls out! Balls out! Jacob fumbles! Picked up by Kansas City! 10-5! Touchdown! Kansas City! Mike Hughes with the scoop and score on the very first play from scrimmage! K.J. Wright, the Raiders linebacker, said afterwards, he's like, yeah, I'd have been pretty upset too if they'd have done that you know, to, me, to us and if I was on the Chiefs. I would have been upset, too, if I was them, you know, anybody that comes there and do that. And um, they definitely came out and responded, you know, to their to their anger. And uh, we couldn't we couldn't hold up. They was um, put up a lot of points, got the ball off of us. And uh, we just didn't respond when, when we did that. I mean, yeah, uh, it's just look, it's one of those it's one of those situations in a, in a Raider season that has that feels more and more lost by the week. And look, they've dealt yeah. with some awful circumstances this year. Uh, this, though, completely of their own doing. And so yeah. as we look at the Chiefs, though, the issue for them moving forward, and I have confirmed this, is that the Raiders aren't on the schedule moving forward. <laughs> those two matchups are now over, and they have dominated those two games. So do you feel like, James, and have the Chiefs talked about this, that, that they are truly out of their struggles offensively? Or have the two blowouts against the Raiders kind of masked the fact that some of those issues still might linger here for this offense? Now, if you remember after the first win over the Raiders, Red, it was, we got our swagger back yeah. and everybody was dancing and everything. That was not the case after this game. It was a different vibe after this game. And this was more of a dominant performance than the first time sure. around. And so I think they do know where they stand, that they're not going to just think it's fixed in one swoop like they kind of did after the first go-around with the Raiders. Where they have remained dominant through this whole six-game stretch is on the defensive side of the ball. So, right. that, I mean, that hasn't changed, right? That has just gotten better as the weeks have gone by. And I think 
We're just waiting for the offense to match that in consecutive weeks and see them string that together on the offensive side of the ball. Then we're all going to go, I, I don't know who's beating them in the playoffs if they're playing that way, on uh, the way they played the last couple years offensively and the way they're playing right now on the defensive side of the ball. I, I don't think – I mean, we need to start talking about the trade for Melvin Ingram being one of the best, if not the best, midseason move in he's the NFL. A, yeah, he's been around the football. He's been around the quarterback a whole bunch since coming he's over. He's been everywhere. From the 22, Carr steps up. Carr gets crushed. Chris Jones, Melvin Ingram, dynamic duo for Kansas City. And what he also did yeah. was allow Chris Jones to play where he is best. That's huge. I mean, I'd say interior. after Aaron Donald, right? After Aaron Donald, he's probably the best interior pass rusher oh, yeah. in football. And, and him moving outside was like, a, how do we get him after the quarterback? Let's slide him in. Now with Melvin there, and you have Frank Clark healthy, and you have Chris Jones just wrecking games, it's allowed from what I was told and having some conversations in Kansas City yesterday was really about the linebackers can go make plays now. Willie Gay's an athlete. Nick Bolton, the rookie, they really like. Let's him go out and play. you know. And they can go and make plays behind that defensive line now, and it's changed everything. And so this defense, to answer your question, has yeah. continued to do it. I don't think they think things are fixed offensively. And I'd like to get into where they are offensively with Mahomes' mindset because that's been kind of, I think, the big difference and the thing behind the curtain that I've kind of figured out. Well, let's start there with your report that never made the, the, the light of day uh, on NFL yeah. game day morning on Sunday about Patrick Mahomes' leadership through some of these offensive struggles. What have you learned? Yeah, I, I was told that he talks about Tom Brady a lot to people around him. And he says, you know, every reason everybody knows about Tom Brady and everybody says he's the greatest of all time is he wins. Period. That's it. He, he wins more than anybody else wins. And that's where Patrick's mindset has been in terms of winning is the only thing that matters. He knows the offense is not where, you know, we've all seen it. He said it publicly leading into the Raiders game. We're not winning games in the manner in which you guys are used to seeing us winning games. But we're winning games. you got a lot of guys, a lot of leaders in this room that know how to deal with adversity. They know how to go throughout the process. And I think a lot of guys that know how to just win football games. Um, and you, you've seen it. People have talked about it. We're not winning the same way as we, we've always won. Um, but it, it takes uh, a lot of leaders to be able to win the football game no matter how it's played. And so uh, uh, to be able to have the defense step up the way they've been playing, the offense making drives whenever they, whenever they need to uh, win football games, uh, it shows the type of guys we have in this locker room. And he's starting, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, realizing, like, the defense is playing this way. I'm going to play a little bit differently. And, and, and if that gets us the W and I don't have five touchdowns and 400 yards, I'm cool with that. And that's a difficult thing for a young quarterback to learn and figure out, specifically when, I, I don't want to speak for him, but the league has come so easy to him yeah. over the first three seasons. And so now that he's had to change the way they play because defenses have played them differently, he has to learn to be patient, which is some big part of his growth this season. He spent a lot of time over the bye week, to my understanding, looking at that and taking what defenses give him. If you got to go, you know, five yards, five yards, five yards, five yards. If you, if you can do it, take it. Don't get antsy. And so I think that's a big part of it. So when I talked to him after the game, he was like, I'm watching the documentary right now. I 100 yeah. percent know this about Brady. This is what I'm doing because I've learned that it feels really good to throw five touchdowns, 400 yards and win a game. It doesn't feel good at all to do that and lose. It feels even better to throw for 100 yards, 200 yards and win the game. And I think that mindset is going to Andy Reid told me this after the game, help him down the road big time. Because if you think about Brady, right, like what every oh, this year, look at the way our team's built. We're yeah. going to run the football and we're going to win games. And I'm cool with that. 
And so I think that's one of the things that Pat is stealing from, from Brady in a sense. And I think that could make him even more dangerous because he's not always going to rely on it. And the last part about it is Andy Reid said it best to me. He's like, he's learning that he can't beat people with his power. He has to beat them with his finesse right now. And that's going to make him better in the back end of this season and in years to come. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because, I, you know, I think the best are really self-aware type of people. Like the best players are really self-aware. They understand their strengths. They understand sometimes their shortcomings and their ability to work around them or work to improve them. And it feels like Mahomes yeah. is kind of doing both, even though he's a player with very limited shortcomings and very limited weaknesses and an immense yeah. skill set. Yeah. So I think it takes even more to understand that and to work on those little areas that could certainly prove fruitful down the stretch here. And look, I, I think it certainly helps that they've gotten a little bit healthier. Like Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming back and getting into the end zone a couple of times is a nice addition, especially with the way that teams are playing them this year and forcing the ball into the running back's hands for some of those chunk plays a bit more, James. You're, you're exactly right. And the funny thing is you bringing up health. Like I was thinking about this when I was heading to Kansas City. I'm like, because I was, you know, I did the game with the Chargers and the Bengals and, and, and Joe Burrow's fingers all mangled. Joey Bosa doesn't right. play. And I'm like, I'm like, man, like the Chiefs have been very fortunate with injuries yeah. this year. Yeah. I mean, they're one of the healthiest teams in the NFL. They haven't really lost, knock on wood, lost anybody for the year in terms of a starter caliber player. I mean, Frank Clark had his issues in the beginning of the season, but that was short lived. Chris Jones was dealing with the risk that I was told was way worse than actually publicly was out there. And he's back and fight like health wise. They've been pretty fortunate yeah. uh, as as a team. And you could have, you know, looked at some of the excuses because I was like thinking going in. I'm like going in this game. They're tied with the 49ers and the Titans in scoring in the NFL for like 15th or something like that. I'm like, look at the injuries those two teams have dealt with. Right. In trying to put things together. And the Chiefs have, are sitting there right with them with all this firepower and they're healthy. The craziest thing about this has been, and, and I mentioned the Patrick part of it and his mindset, because so much of what's gone wrong has been self-inflicted. I mean, there's an argument that they drop more footballs than anybody else in football. They're yeah. a top 10 team in penalties. Travis Kelsey most of those had a bunch. Tyree Kills had a bunch that have turned into turnovers, right? They're so not just drops. Yeah, exactly. That's the craziest part. This stat from Next Gen Stats, and I don't want to sit here and spew stats, but this one blows my mind about what's gone wrong. Seven of Patrick Mahomes' interceptions had a 75% chance of being completed. Seven of them. They should have been catches. It's the majority. They turned yeah. into interceptions. He had, in his first three seasons, two such passes picked off in his wow. first three years. Yeah. So it's shown you that it's there's telling. been some bad luck around him, and he's been trying to lead that charge in writing this offense. Yeah. And, and you know, like I said, they're going to have some more opportunities to run the football with the way the teams play them outside of the Raiders – You've chosen a yeah. different path um, with varying degrees of success, uh, I, I think you, you, you would say. And I, I do think it's kind of interesting now as we assess where they're at, right? I mean, they're right back in there, you know, at the top and near the top of the AFC as one of the contenders in this league, one of the hottest teams in football, winning six in a row here. Um, and, and so they're going to be in this thing, you know, down the stretch and at the end when we're sorting out all of the playoff seating here. Um, but there's an opportunity where they still fall behind in their division like this week against the Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday night, where if the Chargers win, they sweep the season series and then they vault to the top of the AFC West. And I think if we start thinking back to early in the season round one, it was the Chargers who kind of started formulating that game plan against the Chiefs offense. So like all of that together, 
this is a massive game. And I know you saw the Chargers last week too. So like, this is a massive game for the Chiefs to try to assess where they are and their future path. Huge. This is huge. Uh, I mean, this game is absolutely enormous. And you're right. I was at that first game at Arrowhead. When, ah. And I'm standing on the sideline right there when Justin Herbert's like, screw all this. We're going for the end zone. And because they could have set up for a field goal, I think I remember down the stretch. And so th- the way the Chargers played them was one of the early times where we saw some success. Ravens was a time where we really saw some success from a defensive way. They were going to play them differently. And I think the duel between, you know, Justin Herbert and, and, and Patrick Mahomes is one that we're waiting to see, you know, over and over and over and over again. And, and I think the funny part is the Chargers just never play a normal football game, like ever. It doesn't happen, like, <laughs> at all. So I'm so excited to see what happens Thursday because, like, it's, nothing's going to happen that's just like a somebody's up by three scores and they end up just sealing the deal and, and happening. Whether the Chargers are down or up, something happens. Justin Herbert's going to do something, you know, absolutely incredible. There is one quarterback in the NFL that can make that play, and he is on the field here this afternoon. 59 yards, Herbert to Guyton, and it makes no sense. No sense. That's the greatest throw I've ever seen. I'm not kidding you. I'm interested to see how the Chiefs defense goes against Herbert and, and, and if they can get pressure on him yeah. with just that group we talked about earlier. And if they don't have to bring anybody extra, then it could be a little bit of a different game. But, yeah, this is massive because I think let's look at it like this schedule that's left for the Chiefs. I mean, you have that game. Then you have Steelers, Pittsburgh, Bengals, Cincinnati, yeah, Broncos. And like and we know that Vic Fangio dials it up against uh, Patrick Mahomes oh, yeah. in this offense. They play brilliantly defensively uh, against that against this team, so it's no easy sledding at all. Um, but I think this defense has been, you know, what's carrying them, and and what more fun opportunity it is. And I think Austin Eckler's health is a big part of this too, because he's so dynamic in the middle of the field; he just causes problems for everybody. Um, uh, yeah, and so is Derwin James's health, by the way, yes. uh, who missed this oh. last game. You know, a late add to the injury report, late week ahead of that Giants win for the Chargers, did not play. Chris Harris uh, is gonna gonna have his hands full here this week as is the you know the rest of that Chargers secondary. This is uh, it's gonna be a great one here. Two teams certainly with Super Bowl aspirations meeting yeah. up on Thursday night. Our James Palmer has covered a Super Bowl run from the Denver Broncos as well as his first season with us on NFL Network. Uh, we're learn more about a Pro Bowl player named Demarius Thomas, who tragically left us way too early at the age of 33 uh, this past week. And uh, James had a special relationship with Demarius, wrote a terrific piece on NFL.com about his life and his legacy that he has left behind. And will join us here after this quick break uh, to go through some of those uh, key moments in that relationship and the impact that Demarius Thomas had on people and this game of football. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? 
I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Back here on NFL Inside Report, James Palmer back here with us. And James, just an awful, awful scenario in the NFL this week when Demarius Thomas, we learned of his passing at age 33 back in his home state of Georgia, had uh, retired from the league. Uh, But I think with his passing, we began to see the impact he had on other people, and including yourself. And you got to know him even before your time, you know, with us here at NFL Network. Uh, take us back to, to what really struck you and stood out about Demarius Thomas and why he had such an impact uh, on you. Yeah, right. You're right. It goes back to, I think, 2012 when I met him in, in Atlanta and he was working with kids. And that kind of makes this go full circle yeah. because he was at uh, Eric Berry and Kareem Jackson's football camp that was going on there. And he uh, it was like I was this young reporter covering college football, not really NFL guys. And I see this one. You know, guy that is kind of a legend in the area, played at Georgia Tech, and he's just yucking it up with kids. And that's kind of like the whole aspect of Demarius Thomas that I wanted to put in the piece. And I wanted to make sure people knew that he was like that when he was working with underprivileged kids specifically uh, that maybe had a rough upbringing like he did uh, that could have really changed his personality for being someone that could be very jaded in a sense. I mean, having your mother and your grandmother incarcerated for unbelievable lengths of time for uh, the crimes that they committed. You know, one grandmother for life is his mother, I think for 20 years. Yeah. Um, and, and that happening at 11, um, I and think that 11. really impacted his relationship with, uh, with children. He was thrown into a father figure role with his sisters at that age and, and kind of, and I wrote this in the piece, maybe lost a little bit. And that's my opinion, sense of his childhood. And maybe that's why he enjoyed uh, life and, and working with kids so much as an older age. But at the same time, I think he, he kind of missed out on it and he wanted to, you know, really live life to the fullest. And that's when you saw that smile that was kind of, you know, every person under the sun that knew him has talked about. And that's when it was usually the brightest, you know, on these Tuesdays in that year, 
in 2015 where I'm new to NFL Network. I'm back in Denver and I'm trying to develop these relationships with guys. Their day off on Tuesdays, right? That's the day they go do charity work. And, and a lot of times he was always helping out with other guys' charities. So when you saw him working with kids, you saw that smile just light up like like crazy. And that was a big aspect that I wanted to, to touch yeah. on because it was that way also with with teammates kids right you know like riding on the bus with them or them sitting on his lap on a plane uh he was really close with peyton manning's you know kids and he had talked to me about that at length even after peyton retired he still spent a lot of time at their house uh hanging out with those kids and and i think that's that's the main part i wanted to get across is like i had these great opportunities there was beat reporters that spent every single day with dt uh, and you know had their own relationships with him but being a national guy that would come in weekly you would get a luxury of an extra long period of time one-on-one with somebody and a lot of times that was with Demarius and so there were instances where we'd sit for an hour like just talking about a variety of things you know like life and what he thought his legacy might be this was towards the end of his time in Denver like just things like that and, and just like what he was going through health-wise that he wouldn't disclose to anybody uh, I'm not saying uh, me alone, people within the organization knew sure. it, but he wouldn't really talk about injuries. I mean, playing with a torn labrum for years in his hip yeah. uh, and didn't say anything and just criticism flowed, you know, from, you know, fans and critics saying, you know, he's lost a step and he's got drops and he still never said anything because he thought if he was on the field, it would help out Emmanuel Sanders, right? If he was on the field, it would help out the tight end because he always told me it would draw enough, uh, a ton of attention from a defense. The craziest story was this. He, he told me, he goes, we were playing the Patriots and Logan uh, Ryan is lined up against me and I'm running and he, and, and the play's over and I just keep running because I literally can't stop. Like I can't come to a sudden stop because of my hip. And he's like, Logan Ryan looks at me, he's like, man, you are not Demarius Thomas. And he's like, as long as I'm out here, man, everything's fine. Like just wouldn't disclose any of that stuff. Uh, and I think I wanted that stuff to come out. I wanted the stuff to come out of his relationships with his teammates and, and his kids, because people inside the building knew that. Special and unique, and unique guy, obviously an incredible player, uh, dependable, accountable, tough, uh, hardworking, unselfish, all the things you want in a great teammate, uh, in a great teammate, much less an incredibly talented receiver. But off the field, he was every bit as good a person as he was a player. People outside the building didn't. And I think that's where that unbelievable respect for him really grew. And I think the part that stood out to me the most is the outpouring of love from the Jets, from the Patriots, from the Texans, places All where he spent he played for so little time. Little, right. Right. And made an impact in those in those buildings. Another piece that I really loved was, you know, when he left the Broncos and was traded to the Texans and then he had the homecoming. Right. He came back to Denver uh, as a member of the Texans on a day that was yeah. insane. Right. And, and you detailed it and I thought you, you you described it perfectly. DT made time when there wasn't any. And while he made time for you that day, that's likely not the only time that he's ever done something like that. And I think that speaks again to the type of person that he is honoring commitments and relationships. Yeah, that day was wild. I mean, he was traded on Tuesday and yeah. came back to Mile High and played as an opposing player on Sunday. Yeah. And, and everybody wanted a piece of him. And because he had that... You know, that smile and that not, but he was still very quiet. Um, and, and, but it showed you the way he built relationships, you know, from the security guards that I know that are outside the locker room that want to spend time with him. Yeah. You know, from, you know, I, I have a video, I didn't post this, but I have this video of him on the sideline 
with like 30 people, all of them just coming up to him one after another, just, you know, it was family, it was friends, it was all these people on the Texan sideline, all these media members, everybody, and somehow having to play a football game, and I think he had like 60 yards in a playbook he didn't know anything about, Um, and to make time for for everybody in a sense it was almost like there was two of them that day right uh and i was right next to him on the on the texan sideline brandon mcmanus needed to kick just a monster it was a 50 plus yard field goal to win it and he's standing on the edge all the way by himself and i'm i took a couple of really good shots of him there and i'm standing there. he's just so nervous they the kick is missed and you would think he'd run out there and hang out with all of his broncos teammates he sprinted to the locker room uh immediately and I think talking to him afterwards, he just needed like a minute to process like everything that had been going on. Uh, and so, yeah, I got a little bit of time with him, you know, after that game because he makes time somehow. Uh, if he has a relationship with you, he'll find a way. And I was in a closet, essentially. Right. I had a chance to do it one on one with him. While Vaughn is just in Vaughn Miller is in the locker room sitting there shooting the breeze with, with Wes Welker and just kind of talking to Wes because he was a coach with the Texans at the time, just right. waiting for his moment. And then Peyton's waiting for his moment, you know, by the tunnel. And, like, his kids sprint up to, to DT in these little DT jerseys, which in five days, I don't know how – at least Peyton Manning, that's how he did it. Yeah, but I don't know how Peyton Manning was able to make Demarius Thomas child jerseys right. in, fact, in that amount of time. But you, you watch Peyton there just as kind of like a proud dad. Like, he's there in his street clothes. He's retired. And he's snapping photos of the kids with DT, and they're hanging all over him. And all of this, it seemed to be like he had so much time, and there was like no time pre and post game. But he somehow, as a as a visiting player, you don't get a lot, and he was able to get all of that, and he was able to just to kind of like let you in if you were having that relationship with him, and you kind of always felt his his vibe, his presence. Yeah. And I think that was kind of a, a direct example of kind of who he was when you saw him come back and get that homecoming. Yeah. And the last part I'll say is I, I feel like that that means a lot to me. And I think it should mean a lot to people because he had talked to me about wondering what his legacy would be like in Denver because some people did get on him for the drops and, and later in his career when he's playing through injuries. And I always thought, like, when he has his ring of fame moment, he'll see the appreciation. And and now he doesn't – he's not going to get an opportunity to see that. Yeah. Um, I, but he did get an opportunity to see it when he returned with the Texans. That's true. And he got a chance to see that appreciation there. And I think that's that's pretty important. And uh, somewhere seeing the tributes that the Broncos made uh, on Sunday, opening the game with 10 players on the field, Cortland Sutton taking the Denver will line up with 10 men in the huddle and headed to the 88 on the sidelines is Cortland Sutton. Um, Well done. John Hussey is the referee. And they're going to take the delay of game. I wish we didn't have to do it. And here comes Cortland Sutton. Onto the field. What a moment here in Denver for the Broncos, who lined up with just 10 men, remembering Demarius Thomas. Clearly, Demarius Thomas made an impact on everyone around him, uh, yeah. and certainly within Rhett, that Broncos organization, James. Yeah, Rhett, can I real yeah. quick just give the proper... Uh, I guess acknowledgement for what for what went on there. Yeah, that that is all. Patrick Smythe, the head of their PR department, is one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL yeah. at what he does. And that was his idea, and he approached Vic Fangio with it, and then the Broncos approached Dan Campbell with it in the Lions, 
and their participation in it meant a lot. And, and them to decline, they knew they were going to decline the penalty yep. to get the referees involved, to make sure that everything, you know, they didn't stop it, throw a flag, you know, in the middle of it that they had, or anything. So the way it was done in the, the pregame ceremony, the moment of silence, uh, everything that they did was, just showed you what a class organization the Broncos are when they have to sadly deal with something like this. And then to me, the last part, when Justin Simmons had that diving interception oh, man. and went, went right to, to the logo, was just uh, was just like icing on the cake for the day. And that their final drive, I think, went 88 yards yes. uh, is, yeah. is pretty, pretty remarkable. It, indeed. Indeed. One last smile. One last signature yeah. smile there for Demarius Thomas. Yeah. And thank you very much, James Palmer, for your memories there. Uh, and we certainly appreciate NFL.com uh, right now for more on James Palmer's uh, interactions with Demarius Thomas. Well worth your time. JP, we appreciate it, bud. Appreciate it, bye. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And that's going to do it for this episode of NFL Inside Reports. Reminder to download, rate, and review our show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. We certainly appreciate it. We'll be back with you with two more episodes this week on Wednesday and Friday as we look ahead to the stretch run here of this NFL regular season. For producers Thomas Warren and Tim Parashka, I'm your host, Rhett Lewis. We'll see you next time. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. 